1: I'm just looking at the television screen, Bob. So there was... Uh, which one, Josh? There's multiple right. in here. Multiple there regular was, definition
2: televisions. Yes. There was some rumbling for a little bit that maybe Chief Seahawks on Sunday would get flexed. That's right. Or Saturday, excuse me. Well, who was get, rumbling about that? Get, you and the uh, Dan, or would would was it get, like real people? Yeah, well, maybe it does. <laughs> but that maybe... Nobody really knows what the sometimes what the flex schedule policy is because there's a policy... But it seems like they can really kind of do whatever they want. Yeah. Right. Sure. If it, if it makes sense for their TV partners. Right. Exactly. So there was a. I thought that they might flex the Chiefs Seahawks to Saturday night mm-hmm, at mm-hmm. one point in time because the Seahawks were playing well. They're battling for a playoff spot. Chiefs, are the Chiefs. Right? right. Yeah. And and they didn't. So they're staying at noon, which is great. I'm cool with that. Because the game. Saturday night is a dog. Well,
1: yes. And no. it's Raiders
2: yeah. Steelers. Mm hmm. And NFL Network just billed it as holiday classic. Yeah, that's right. They're calling that the Holiday Classic.
1: Well, it's, it is. It's a holiday and it's a classic rivalry a, of the Steelers two and Raiders. Teams that right? Once were something. That's exactly right, and but not are, are anymore. Not, not this season. Well, they're, you just bite your tongue when Tom
2: Brady goes to El, uh, Las Vegas. They're I Definitely mean, not. Th- I, that's what I said. This season, they're yep. definitely not.
1: But I have to laugh. <laughs> I'm like, well, no wonder they didn't move it. I mean, they had to save the spot for the Holiday Classic. Well, that's right. Well, it is the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception, which actually the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception takes place. On on Friday, the twenty third, they're celebrating it on Kids the twenty fourth, right? Uh, there was no debate at the time of uh, what is a catch, right? We just went with it because it was awesome. It was it was fantastic. And they just left it. However, comma the news that we're waking up to this morning it's, is this is nuts. Is is, is devastating? I, I I guess you could say Franco Harris died last night. And Franco Harris was going to have his number retired on Saturday at the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception game. I mean, I'm waking up and I'm looking, you know, at our friends at the fan in Pittsburgh and seeing what what they got going on in the first hour of their show. And all of a sudden I'm thinking, I see this weird tweet like this is like Willie Stargell dying the day that PNC Park opened, which I guess happened in Pittsburgh as well. They opened their new baseball stadium on the same day that Willie Stargell passed away, one of the great pirates of all time, maybe the greatest pirate of all time. And I'm like, what, what are we talking about here? And I kind of scrolled back and looked and, and, and saw WTAE television in in Pittsburgh, Channel 4 there in Pittsburgh, is reporting that Franco Harris is dead at the age of 72, just days before they retire his number, which, first of all, the question is, why, that haven't, would... why hasn't his number been retired before? That was my I question, mean, Mike. They're just getting to retiring his number? Right. It's Franco Harris. I mean, like, this is, like, I mean, he had an army back, th- back in the day. They called it Franco's Army. I mean, like, everybody was a Franco Harris He's fan been in out Pittsburgh. Of, I mean, the
2: game so long that there's some of you listening to go, I've, I've never heard of I, Franco I don't know Harris. who Franco Harris and is. He, yeah.
1: Which means uh, he should very much have been retired already. Josh, he retired in, from the Steelers, last played for the Steelers in 1983. Correct. And so that was the first playoff game they ever won, was that immaculate reception getting game. Getting around to it. Like what? Forty it, what, years later. Like I, I don't care how you fancy yourself as a franchise. Like some of these franchises think they're like, oh, we're so great, we're not going to retire any numbers. But when you got a guy like Franco Harris, who you know, for fifty years ago, delivered you that your first playoff win and was one of the great players in your franchise history, you got to slap that number up there upside the stadium. I mean, th- this is this is really, I and think, then he devastating away news. Before
2: you could do it. Yeah, before you the could do week
1: it. Of? The, the days before you could do it. The gentleman passed Sad. away. Like when you're an organization and you're thinking about retiring somebody's name or putting them in the ring of honor, Let's do it, do it. Don't wait around and, and don't see what happens because you may run into something like this with with Franco Harris. That's why I'm hoping Carl Peterson goes into the ring of honor soon. I, I'd hate to see Carl not go in the ring of honor while he's alive. He deserves the standing ovation for truly saving this franchise when he came here to Kansas City. People don't realize at times Carl Peterson is the savior and the creator of what the Chiefs are today. That gentleman deserves to be in the ring of honor. He's, he's in my opinion, the most important hire in Chiefs history. And without Carl coming in, there may not be a franchise here in Kansas City. They would drawing 30,000 fans if they were lucky to games before Carl Peterson came here and took over this franchise. You got to put his name up in the ring of honor before it's too late. And I think you got to take a lesson from what happened in Pittsburgh this morning. I mean, this is just devastating, stunning news. This guy was ready to go and have his number retired in three days, and now he's passed away. And instead of a celebration of the immaculate reception, it's going now to turn into a his passing. Yeah, it's going to turn into like a, a a public memorial, I guess, for Franco Harris on Saturday night up in Pittsburgh. And now with a national TV audience, I mean, guys who are our fathers' age. My my dad talks about Franco Harris like he was the greatest thing of all time. I never saw Franco Harris play. He retired in eighty three. I was born in seventy seven. I don't know I rem- anything about.
2: Remember him. more the legend. Of the it legend, right? And like I tune in every Sunday to
0: see to and, see yeah, Franco I mean, Harris. You remember.
2: I, in that day, you knew all the Steelers. Mm. I can't did, really yeah. say I how much of the Steelers I watched, mm-hmm. but you knew of them, right? You knew of the Steelers and you knew of the Cowboys, and that was that was about it, yeah. In the NFL, um, so uh, yeah, I know it, it rings nicely. Hey, let's let's do this on the fiftieth anniversary. And then the dude passes away a few days earlier. Come uh, on,
1: unbelievable, man. What, what just stunning, stunning, shocking news today that you're waking up to. So, uh, you know, everybody in Pittsburgh, man, you, you got to kind of take a step back and go, whoa, what, what just happened here? I mean, what just happened here? So don't make that mistake. And it's the holiday season, too. Don't make the mistake of telling somebody you love them or, you know, some stupid feud you're in with somebody. Man, if you care about somebody and they're on planet Earth right now, go out there and see them. Reach out that olive branch. Tell them you love somebody because you just don't know. 24 hours ago they're getting ready for this big celebration in Pittsburgh and today the celebration the game is now turning into basically a large memorial now for Franco Harris who suddenly passed away Now, no, there's no details nobody knows how nobody knows you know what happened but 72 isn't old anymore my man right like 72 isn't old and then we were watching something else on NFL Network. Some 33-year-old passed away that worked for NFL Network. Ronnie Hillman, I believe, the running back yeah, for Denver, broncos. 31 years old, in hospice with liver cancer. Like, And you told me, stop Nuts. watching the TV, like – I just can't do it anymore. My friend Jay Randolph Jr. passed away from liver cancer about a month ago, 52 years old, and, and devastated and me. And and it went for nine yeah, days. I mean, yeah. we found out nine days later he was gone. And so th- th- this stuff happens really, really fast. If you're healthy, if you're well, if you love somebody, tell them, man, life is too effing short and... I think we're all just kind of stunned today. Franco Harris died last night. So, from a nostalgia perspective, there may be reason to tune into
2: that game on Saturday, Absolutely. On Saturday night. Absolutely, yeah. Now, other than is. that, the matchup no good, right? So. Anyway, yeah, that's I circled circled back where we thought maybe it was going to be Chiefs at that point. Can I do a but wait? There's more, which I'm which I'm cool with because uh, it's going to be so freaking cold on Saturday. Yeah, I just assume there is a chance for like the sun to be out. The sun is supposed to be out on Saturday for everybody because the
1: the don't don't look, just bundle bundle up. Yeah, the sun is supposed to be out on Saturday. It's supposed to be a beautiful day. Save the temperature, right? Beautiful day of minus six. Yeah, it'll it'll be it'll be. I think I actually saw the temperature was pushed up to sixteen. Today it was been hovering around ten or eleven, so you get those extra five degrees uh, that you you know that we're gonna okay, have. Sixteen out there. will be the high on Friday. That's, right. on Saturday, so that's yes. good. That'll be about noon time with partial sunshine.
2: Is. Oh, good. Again, if it's at seven o'clock and a partial sunshine, no, so there's no
1: sunshine. You've Got a chance to at least feel warmer. Right, and yeah. you still get your Christmas Eve holiday in. Yeah. I'm so is that, is that all that happened last night? Uh, no. Oh, what else? So I'm
2: randomly watching a college basketball game last night. It was. Duke and uh, Wake. Okay. That's an early game. Game got close, and so I was like, oh, I just just saw it on on the thing. I'll flip it on for a minute and watch it. Mm -hmm. And between the uh, fantastic infomercials that we're running on ACC Network now. Oh, my God. Yes. Great (sighs) infomercials. Um, I love the products that are sold on TV. Always have. But I also now love the bit where they say, um, hurry, this is going to be discontinued because of supply chain issues. It's not. And rising costs, right? Promise. Um, so you need not. to get that uh, do-it-all socket mm-hmm. now, today, or or the the uh, the magnifying glass. You got to get that now, mm-hmm. or the roadside lights that you put on your car if, in case you pull over so that everybody can see you on the road. Get those now. Get those. But what about uh, the 108 battery holder thing? That too. Get it now because of supply chain issues and mm-hmm. and rising costs. Uh, aside from that, I'm just kind of watching. I see the scroll, and it says. Uh, Carlos Correa with the Giants, and there's issues with the physical. Okay. I'm going, okay, I don't think anything of it. Wake up this morning, and I see Carlos Correa is now a New York Met. He's a Met.
1: Yeah, he signed with the Mets last
2: like, night. Like, whoa, what, what, what just happened? Yeah, you're right. So, Carlos Correa, who would signed a $350 million, or agreed to a $350 million deal, subject to the physical, which you never... Uh, apparently the Giants didn't like the physical, mm-hmm. and I guess he didn't wait, and they didn't negotiate or whatever, and he's now a New
1: York Met yeah, today. He he's a, he's a Met. That's right. He, you heard that correctly. And and that was one of the things that I saw when I woke up this morning. One of the first things I do is check the news of the day to see what you know may have happened overnight. Usually there's not a whole heck of a lot. And I woke up and went, wait a second, here did I am I reading this correctly? Carlos Correa is now a Met? I mean, is this the second time now for a franchise where he's gone from a hero to a GOAT? (laughs) And now Sip to the belt and to the plate. Breaking ball, ground ball up the middle. Correa, he
3: misplayed it! The ball goes into center field! Two-run score, and this game is tied! And
1: Carlos Correa, in the blink of an eye, goes from hero to GOAT! Well, and I think that's kind of what happened out in San Francisco. I mean, obviously in San Francisco, nobody's waking up quite yet. It's just 4 o'clock on the West Coast. But they're going to be waking up this morning, and all of a sudden Twitter's going to go crazy with the West Coasters going, wait, wait, wait a second here. Carlos Correa was a giant, and now he's a Met? After, I'm going to use air quotes,
2: losing Judge. Arson or Aaron? Well, they lost Arson, I guess. Yeah, But many fans, I'm sure, believing they had Aaron Judge. Right, sure.
1: Heyman told them.
2: And then it got further, obviously way further
1: with Correa. Yeah.
2: And then both are in New York.
1: Yeah. Well, it was weird because yesterday I started to see tweets from MLB and the Yankees saying the Yankees have re-signed Aaron Judge. And I'm like, am I reading? Is it like two weeks behind? Like what's going on? And then come to realize today it. 10 a.m. they're having the press conference for Aaron Judge. I'm right. like, oh, well, do we, I and mean, so the is, Mets, so the, so the, so the, the steals, Mets steal the thunder, to, <laughs> <laughs> try to steal, yeah. steal the headlines right, in yeah. classic New York, form. In, in classic New York fashion. But I mean, first of all, they're saying it, it, it's more than a back injury for Correa. I think the San Francisco Giants are the ones that got the cold feet and realized 13 years for $350 million for a 28 year old shortstop is probably more than we need to be paying. And we're going to find some Something in this physical to void this contract. If you're the Giants, you can look at your fan base and go, hey, we tried. He failed his physical. If you're a Met fan today, you're waking up going, Thank don't you, care. Uncle Steve. I don't, don't care. care. You got twelve up. for three fifteen. Yeah. let's roll. And so it he's was gonna 13, play third.
2: Thirteen for three fifty
1: with the Giants. It right. ended up
2: being twelve for three fifteen with the Mets. Right. And yeah, the interesting part is if you I I was asking the question, too, and I said, don't they have Lindor? Mm -hmm. Francisco Lindor plays short, right? Yep, they're moving Cray
1: to third. That's right. So it's it's -er, A-Rod, Jeter. (laughs) The Mets have done their version of A-Rod and Jeter. Right. And I'm sure there's going to be, like, Royals fans that wake up this morning saying it's not fair. And you know what I'll say to that? I'll look at that and go, we need more owners like Steve Cohen. If every owner was Steve Cohen, George Steinbrenner, whoever owns the Rangers. And and it's also not fair. But Yeah, um, (laughs) yeah, right, right. The the setup of baseball sucks. But... If you got an owner that's willing to spend, we need more owners that are willing to spend right now in Major Listen League Baseball. This.
2: So the Mets have spent more than $800 million in free agency this year. This year alone. So they got Correa. Uh-huh. They re-signed, uh huh. They re signed Brandon Nimmo. Right. Closer Edwin Diaz. Yeah. Signed one, two, three starting pitchers. Okay. They got Verlander.
1: Yes. Yes. They Jose got Quintana, Quintana
2: and then uh, the the guy from Japan. Okay. Two relievers. Okay. And a catcher. There you go. They spent $800 million, and they're probably on the hook for $100 million in the tax.
1: Oh, $100 million luxury tax is what they're talking about yeah. right now. His luxury tax is going to be more than most teams' payrolls yeah, in baseball, can't. right? You can't do that. No, it, it's, it, it, it it's, really it's is a impossible. stupid system. But like, like, not even he can make this money back. Well,
2: I mean, he's just playing. He's just playing to win a title. They're not going to win. You know that, right? I know, it's but, the that, but that's what he's going for. Yeah, right. Sure. Absolutely. It's not, about, it's not about the money. It's not about the investment. It's not about the I'm going to recoup this tenfold. Um, it's about winning.
1: <laughs> and he's just going to splash money at it.
2: Right. Can't. It's, it's just not feasible for most teams. No, it's, it's ridiculous. It,
1: it, it's ridiculous. It's crazy. It's nuts. All that being said, we, we still need more owners like Steve Cohen and less like Artie Moreno, who are out there in Anaheim that are happy just to sell three million tickets and finish 81 and 81. Like, you, you've got to get out of that mindset. The Oakland mindset. Yeah, I, want to find, I want to find
2: Daddy Warbucks, who just wants to throw a bunch of money. Right. And then... You know, if they make it back by winning a
1: title and the place
2: goes crazy, great. Yeah,
1: yeah. But I'm sure Josh, at the end of the day, this is a great businessman. He probably has some sort of formula where he knows he's gonna make all kinds of money this year. Like, do you think there's gonna be a ticket available at City Field this year? No, I mean probably I, not. I I would imagine it's one of those deals where all of their games are sold out. People are buying in. You know why the, you know why people are buying in? Because ownership bought into the team and gave the fans something to be excited about. And in this day and age in baseball, if the, royal, if the rules, I should say, not the Royals, but if the rules continue to be the way that they are, where it's basically a free-for-all, you have got to find somebody who is willing to put up oodles and oodles and oodles of dollars so you can go out there and compete. Now, championships aren't won in December in Major League Baseball, just like they're not won in March in the National Football League. But in baseball, it's easier to put a team together of free agents than it is to go out there in the NFL and put a team together of free agents. And Steve Cohen's doing it. If you're a Met fan, you can't ask for anything more. You've had yourself an amazing Christmas, an amazing Hanukkah, amazing holiday season already uh, because this guy goes out there and gives you what you want. He spends, 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 spends. And until baseball changes the rules, quite honestly, Josh, I'm not begrudging anybody anymore about it. I'm not going to say that's not fair. I can't. Baseball chose to lie in this bed, and this is the rules that they played, in, and these are the rules we got to live by until they're willing to shut this thing down and start over from scratch and miss an entire season, which I think some owners are ready to do. And I think a lot of fans are probably ready for that. But this is the way it's going to be. And we have to move forward and see what happens. But right now, baseball is so inequitable. But if you've got one of these owners that's willing to spend, you're loving life right now.
2: Pat McAfee has some fun at the. Chief superfan's expense. We'll get to him next.
4: Fesco in the Morning, brought to you by Santa Fe Auto Sound, your home for car audio since 1967. The voice of Chiefs kingdom, Mitch Holtus, joins the show every Friday at 7.30. Yes! On your official broadcast partner.
0: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio.
1: for the Steelers, Fratchoff trying to get away, and his pass is broken up by Tatum,
4: tipped off, Michael Harris has it, and he's over, what? Michael Harris grabbed a
3: ball and a touchdown. five seconds to go, he grabbed it with five seconds to go and scored. That's us watch one this million
1: to one odds on this one. Ricochet out there off of Jack Tatum and into the man of the year, Frank Harris's hand.
4: Here's the miracle of all miracles.
2: Pretty good. Kurt Gowdy.
1: I don't know who that guy is. Do you know? I thought it was Myron Cope. The, That's uh, right. You know, yeah. It has to be Myron so. Cope yeah. if you're on a Pittsburgh broadcast, yeah. right? He was the inventor of the terrible towels mm-hmm. back in the day. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Franco Harris, if you're just waking up this morning, passing away overnight, days before his number was going to be retired and days before the anniversary of the Immaculate Reception. That was, I mean, there's a big celebration plan for Saturday night in Pittsburgh. Now it goes from celebration oh, to memorial, that man. Stinks. That stinks for them. It really does. Uh,
2: you requested music on a way back Wednesday as well. 913 Tag your name so that you get the credit.
1: Our buddy Big Rob wanted a little me, myself, and I from De La Soul right here on Fesco in the Morning. There you go.
2: Um, Pat McAfee became enamored with um, the alleged uh, chief superfan bank robber. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And he had been tweeting about it, and so it got to his, like, showtime yesterday, and you knew he was going to. I mean, it was just right in the wheelhouse. Sometimes you you find something you're like, yeah, this is this is where I'm going. You're right? Why mess with a good thing, right? And uh, and he was just loving the fact that the Chiefs super fan is allegedly behind bars for a bank heist and thinks the uh, Chiefs super fan community would make a great movie.
3: A little over a year ago, when we learned about Red Extreme, popular Kansas City Chiefs superfan beating beaten this. Out of X Factor, popular Kansas City Chiefs superfan. How did we learn about it, you ask yourself? Great question. We actually learned about it from an actual local news story Mm -hmm. in which X Factor still had the scrubs on from being in jail, was walking in the middle of a parking lot, seemingly anywhere, still limping Mm -hmm. and banged up. Probably for a lawsuit that was on the other side that he was yep. planning on selling with the insurance firm and whatever in court. And he talked about how he taught Red Extreme everything there is to know about being a superfan. And this is how he repays him. Yeah. They were quoting other people saying that X Factor had gotten a little bit too out in front of his skis. This guy got too big for his britches. He became the number one superfan for the Chiefs, and he started telling everybody about it. His ego was so big, it couldn't fit into arrowhead anymore that's what people who know both red extreme right here and x factor over there were saying so when red extreme knocked x factor down a couple sections in the stadium there's a lot of people cheering for that to kind of humble old x factor and the next time we had seen x factor after getting knocked out by red extreme he was obviously out in the parking lot walking down the street in front of a gas station with this particular Actual news set. Actual. Can't say this enough. Not internet. No, no, no not no. a joke. Not me, Marie. You turn on the local news in the Kansas City era, er, uh, area. On the other side of the break, Kansas City Chiefs superfan jumped at stadium. We have the first communication with him since his exit from the hospital or something like that. Boom. Three minutes of them breaking it all down. At the end, actual news person saying, "We'll we'll keep you covered." <laughs> As more develops, mm-hmm. it's like, Jesus Christ, this is awesome. And we start diving into superfans around other NFL teams and other, you know, hockey has them, basketball oh, yeah. has them. Mm-hmm. Everybody has these superfans. They dress up at the games, they're all in. They are really what they, you know, they want you to think the backbone of the fan group. I don't know if most fans appreciate this group of fans that's kind of taken a little bit mm-hmm. too far. But the superfans certainly love them some superfans. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yep. He was enamored. With super fandom. Yeah. Well, he's right. It, it, it can be a movie. I mean, h- how this whole thing started and, and where we are today. I mean, I heard from some super fans sending me private messages yesterday that this Chiefsaholic doesn't speak for the rest. Nobody said he did. Like, if anybody's no, no. associating no. anybody else with Chiefsaholic or X-Factor, then then you're doing it wrong. Well, no,
2: but I, w- I would understand how you feel like uh, you you... Ridicule one of us, you ridicule all of us.
1: Well, I mean, I get that. Yeah, that's that's fine. I, I, I under but nobody is. Nobody's doing that. We're not. We're not ridiculing everybody. We're ridiculing and mocking the two morons that are out there, X Factor and Chief Saholic, both idiots. It says
3: that I'm a math addict, which I I'm a cocaine addict and mm-hmm. alcoholic. Been clean for four years. He said I threw a water bottle at him, which I didn't, and I flipped my car a yeah. week ago Tuesday. So it's been a wild week.
1: Yeah, it has been no no Mm. no question Mm. about it. I, I I don't think there's anybody out there associating any other super fans with these two guys and just because you're a super fan doesn't mean you're a good human being, obviously from what we're seeing. I mean, one guy allegedly robbed a bank, um, but it doesn't mean that every other fan who gets dressed brick up for a guy. Ga- yeah, brick killed a guy. Right? No. <laughs> it, it doesn't mean that everybody else who dresses up for games is in that same boat, not no. even close. No. And so no. I hope people aren't making that leap because if you have team spirit, yes, we do. We got spirit. How about you? I hope people aren't sitting there going, well, all all super fans are this way, because they're not. It's 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 not, you can't judge all adults who paint their faces and get in costume the same way. You just can't. No, you're you're all individuals. Right. Everybody's an Everybody's individual on for the this. Team. And if you're doing it because your grandpa was a big fan, or you're doing it because you feel good about yourself and you're helping charities or whatever the case may be, you continue doing you. You continue being who you are. Don't let these two idiots cause any sort of consternation for you because you're not associated with those guys. Maybe you took a picture together or something like that but you're not associated with these Keep two doing nitwits. You. Keep doing you. Be yeah. you, man. Keep doing everything and I hope to see everybody that's a super fan. I hope everybody's super fanned up on Saturday afternoon and doesn't let these two idiots spoil the whole bunch for everything that's been going on great here in Chiefs Kingdom.
2: It uh, just might be the time for our version of freezing cold takes. Somebody gloriously swung and missed on the Chiefs. We'll revisit next.
4: In the morning, brought to you by Santa Fe Auto Sound, your home for car audio since 1967. Don't forget to catch Patrick Mahomes on the drive every Monday at 2 15 with CDOT on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio.
5: You pick
2: the music on the way back Wednesday at 913-586-7610. Tag your name, and then B-Dub will read it.
1: Our buddy B-Rock said make sure you guys are traveling with some extra clothes, a couple blankets in your vehicles, and you want a little T.I., whatever you like, mm. right here on Fesco in the morning, preferred by... Three to one by punters and kickers. I like that. That's good. B rocks. B rocks. Right. I think
2: I had that speech with uh, one of my children yesterday. So yeah. But I wonder wonder in one. your car. That's right. Yeah. Have yeah. some extra clothes in your car. That's right. Right. You have to wear. I think. I think. Then I think. Have to wear a coat. I think mother chimed in, and you have to wear a coat.
1: Yeah. Why don't these kids wear coats? <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> like you realize as a parent. How how, how moronic we, we are! Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you really did. Really like, dumb like,
2: we were we did the exact same did, thing. I guarantee
1: Did you it. think you were dumb at that age? I did not. No, think I, was I, I didn't, either. Dumb, I didn't but either. I didn't either. Probably but was probably so. Yeah. Now you're you're kind of having a revisionist history, yeah, and I'm yeah. sure if you ask your parents, they would probably oh, yeah, say you yeah. were an idiot and wear a coat either. Yeah. dope. Yeah. It's like did we have brain damage back then? Yeah. You know, because it's like they have brain damage. Yeah. yeah. She yeah, grabs a hoodie and won't grab the coat. It's ten degrees outside. Why are you wearing shorts? I'm just going into the dance club. Yeah, it's no, still cold. It's cold. Put your coat on. Let's go. Yeah, wear your jacket.
2: Was, well, I don't wear any because p- you don't ever take me
1: shopping. No, that's not. Oh, that's, uh, that's false. Right, You're false. patently false. Yeah, you just took your kids shopping the other day. Well, I got a pair of jeans. What more does he want? Yeah, what more do you need, man? You got some old coat lying around. <laughs> right. I think my that wife should just, last all winter. My wife just took the kids shopping for winter clothes, and you know, my, my daughter's like, "Well, I want a North Face jacket." And she was, I had this nice Columbia jacket. I said, "This jacket looks really nice on you." She goes, "Yeah." He goes, "North Face was like $200. $250 and the gloves were like 45 bucks. I'm yeah, like, that's why you're not getting it. And I yeah. said, well, no, but I, and she she understood. I go, wait do you start earning a living. I pulled that card, right? Because yeah, yeah. your parents used that one on you, yeah, right? Wait yeah. do you start earning a living and you got to spend your own money, right? And she looked at me, she goes, yeah, I understand. $250 is a lot for, for that. I said, you're just paying for the label on it. You're paying for the name. It's not any better than anything else, right? I mean, maybe it is. I don't know. But um, I that's the speech that I gave to my we child. Got the, we got the side-eyed
2: uh, Where is your coat? Eh, I think I, it's in the
1: closet. I don't know. You think? You think? It's been cold it's, it's, for a week. It's going to be zero. <sighs> like, it's going to be less than zero out yes. there. You think? I will take your coat. I will put it in your vehicle. Yep. And yeah. Does yeah. he have the doors on the Jeep? Yes, Yeah. Okay. So I just, just, right. sure. I, I I just right. want to make Did sure. I just want to make sure. Did you throw Thankfully, a blanket yes. in there? My dad always yes. taught me, well, carry a blanket in your blanket car gloves, at all times. Had, yeah. no,
2: just have it. Just, just have it. Uh, speaking of freezing cold, Chiefs have clinched the playoff spot now, right? Won the division, clinched a playoff spot. That's right. They're in with games to play yet this season. Oh, remember Bart Scott from back in March on ESPN. Diana Rossini having to set him straight at the end of this one.
5: Here's Bart's list of playoff teams. The Chiefs aren't on that
2: one
1: either. He's got the Ravens. So Tell me where's the lie. Tell me where's the lie. Where's the
2: lie?
4: The, the lie, Patrick no, Mahomes no, is no, no no, no, no,
1: no, 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 no. You take one of those teams. But
2: well, Deshaun
3: Watson the might is. miss
2: eight games. He could, like he could miss or he, or he may
4: or he may miss six. He Whoops. may, he may yeah. miss
2: six. miss
1: one. He may miss none. We well, don't know. So, okay, Kansas City Bart feels good about the okay, Browns. L- l- either way. L- l- let's go through Kansas City's, um, you know, um, schedule. Let's okay. go. That's not this show. They had, they had, they had. Listen, they had the NFC West. So they have the Rams. That's going to be a tough matchup. They have the Arizona Cardinals. That's going to be a tough matchup. They have the San Francisco 49ers if they have Jimmy G. That will be a tough matchup. Put up 40. They have a tough,
4: out-of-conference at well, If they schedule. have Jimmy G,
3: they could, end up getting, they could end up getting Trey Lance twice and Drew Locke twice. Yep. Like, I, so I, I look how different have, that you know, swings. You know, but they, they, not but, twice, but you know what I mean. They, yes. they, each of those teams is two There's, right there. Okay, I'm, t- I'm, I'm telling you, man.
1: I know what I know.
2: I know what I know, and I've seen Patrick
1: Mahomes and Andy Reid every single season. Okay, good luck with that. At some point, they got to fall off the cliff. <laughs> good luck with that. Just because I you see. played the game doesn't mean you know anything about the game. Way to go, Dan. I
2: see. I see Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, and yeah. he fires back. Well, good luck with that. Good
1: luck with that. Okay, it's working out just fine. Yeah. Just fine. Like that. That's the thing that. Drives me nuts. I know more about football than Bart Scott. Well, I granted, am smarter in football than Bart Scott is. I promise you. Granted, that, that was March. Obviously, the the, the I Bronc- wasn't saying anything like no,
2: that. In March, I know. but the Broncos didn't have didn't even have uh, Russell, Russell Wilson at that yet. point because yep. he said uh, Drew Locke. They should have kept Drew Locke. Missed way bad on the Browns, who yep. were not a factor in not anything. They this never year. are they're the Browns. Uh, but also, I know what I know. Oh
1: yeah, what's that? Yeah. What's that exactly? Unbelievable. (laughs) Like just because you played the game doesn't mean you understand the game. Doesn't mean you know about the game. Doesn't mean you're smart about the game. If Bart Scott doesn't go, can't wait. Is Bart Scott even a thing today? I don't know, former player maybe, maybe, maybe. But, but just but why? Just you because you played the
2: game, you don't have to have your one moment to, to get on TV. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, sometimes you do, but sometimes you might. Um, but I I just I I don't understand why people think just because you're a former player makes you an expert on the game that you played. Because Bart Scott is proof number <laughs> one that he's not. A lot of whiffs there. Every team has closed the gap. You look at the, co- the the discrepancy in quarterbacks. You can't say Russell Wilson's that far from Patrick Mahomes. You can't say Justin Herbert's <laughs> that <laughs> far. <sighs> Is he still talking? Yeah, 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 yeah. Way to go, Bart. Yeah, You're a good yeah. Good linebacker. Not a good analysis of the game. Not really.
2: Time for a little uh, these stories is real.
3: Mahomes looks to throw it. Pump faking right side he wants and a comeback cut! It is caught by Kelsey! Touchdown! Kansas City! One of the greatest duos in the history of the National
1: Football League! These stories. Israel focus and finish with Dan Israel
5: that game will forever stick in
1: the longest tenured member of the Chiefs radio network
2: these stories the real brought to you by physician aesthetic specialists for the younger crowd out there the Chiefs used to face the Seahawks in division play that's right the Seahawks were quote-unquote rivals kind of Dan starts though with a memorable game at home When the rains came.
5: 1998, Bob Gretz was, it was raining profusely. I mean, the the amount of rain coming down was significant. And Bob was having problems. The equipment, even though we had wrapped the equipment for weather, it was getting wet. And I had to go down and change his microphone and, and make some adjustments to keep him on the air. For some reason, when I decided to return to the booth on my way up the Chiefs Tunnel, I decided to just duck into the locker room and go to the bathroom really quick because it was on my way. While I was in the bathroom, I heard a just a thunderous kind of boom, almost an explosion. And I looked outside and right next to Derek Thomas's locker, the wall had busted open and water was gushing out of there like it was three or four fire hydrants. I, the, the pipe itself that was in that wall was probably about four inches around and what it turned out to be was the storm drain that would drain all of the, the water off of the concourses from the stadium. And if you think about Arrowhead Stadium, it's a bowl, so it's kind of a funnel to the rain. It captures all the rain, and all that rain was to go out this, this pipe in this, in, into the storm drains uh, on the property. Now that water is gushing into the locker room, and I mean at a level that is alarming. Crazy amount of water. So I start to run back out of the locker room, down the tunnel. I'm going to go get somebody from the equipment room, from the equipment staff, and tell them, hey, the locker room's flooding. I meet Mike Davidson, who was the then equipment, the, the, the head equipment guy, and he says, I don't have time, I don't have time. They just, they just postponed the game, which I don't ever recall a game being postponed or stopped or anything for weather prior to that game. So we all get trapped in the Chiefs locker room. And you got all these players with, I I think it was probably a 15-minute delay. I honestly don't know. I lost track of time because I wasn't in my normal spot. I wasn't upstairs producing the broadcast. I'm stuck in the Chiefs locker room with all the players. But it was fascinating to watch because everybody was doing something a little different. And I remember Dale Carter in particular wanted to stay warm. So he was trying to get from his locker to the stationary bicycle, which was across a fairly substantial puddle in the locker room. So he put on fresh socks, and then he tried to leap over the puddle. He didn't quite make it. So he lands in the water. He goes back to his locker, pulls his socks off, puts on another pair of fresh socks, tries to leap the puddle again, doesn't make it. He does this four times before he finally realizes, maybe I should carry my dry socks to the other side of the puddle. But it was fascinating to watch these guys try to stay kind of in you know game mode while they're in the locker room, and nobody knows what's going to happen. So game finally resumes. I finally go upstairs and I get home later that night and I'm watching television and I had not seen, because they didn't have TVs in the locker room at that time, I had not seen the coverage of the game and I had no idea that Arrowhead had become a lake. The entire field was underwater and it was just fascinating to me to see it that way. But I'll never forget that game just from that standpoint, it, it not only taught me about how good the field is structured at Arrowhead to be able to drain that amount of water off. But it also taught me about the psyche of a, of a player who's just trying to stay in game mode. Yeah. Derek, it was between Derek's locker and I I can't remember who else's, but there was this section of this wall that Derek had used to hang all his little post-it notes. And all of those were just floating in the, in the river that was going through the center of Arrowhead, but or through the, through the locker room. But, uh, yeah, those guys, it was it was funny to watch those, you know, some guys put their headsets back on, other guys try to stay in that raw rah moment. And again, I, I lost track of time, but it was it was a moment uh, and the visuals that stick with me from that game, it was just a moment I'll never forget.
2: Do you remember the when they were no longer in the division? Do you have yes. memories of of what the reaction was like when Seattle was then moved from from the division? Was that a were were fans for it against it upset? Not upset.
5: You know, it's funny because they never really felt like a rival, like to the level, certainly not that the Raiders were and what Denver had even become, uh, or San Diego at the time. And uh they were just kind of that fourth team in our division. And so I think when they separated us, you know, for a number of years, we played them preseason every year just to kind of keep it going. And I think finally everybody just said, eh. It just was no big deal. I do remember it was nine seasons traveling to traveling to Seattle before I ever saw the sunshine there, uh, and I, I thought, you know, well, this is a pretty place when the sun shines. Other than that, I don't know how people live in Seattle. I really don't. But uh, it, it was it was kind of one of those places I missed going to from a travel standpoint, much like San Diego. But uh, from a football standpoint, them not being in the division really didn't have a fan response at all to it. Which is exactly why the league restructured it the way they did. You know, because if you were to restructure it by proximity now, you certainly would have pulled the Oakland Raiders out of it. You certainly would have pulled the San Diego Chargers. The Chiefs probably travel air-wise more than any other team in the league as a routine because our, our teams are so far away from us. But you can't remove the, the rivalry that existed between the original AFL Raiders and the AFL Chiefs. It, it just wouldn't have been possible. That would have been a fan uprising.
1: The the real play would have been to take the Chiefs out of the AFC West, and then keep yeah. just everybody on the West Coast. You keep Seattle, you keep Denver, you keep Oakland, you keep yeah. you know the Chargers. If you wanted to do it that way, yeah. but the Chiefs have too good a rivalry with Denver, too good a rivalry with yeah. the Raiders, really too good a rivalry and, with the Chargers. Seattle was always I, the outlier. I agree.
5: I, I think the the that, the AFL heritage of it all. You know, it was Seattle was always stuck in there as that ugly stepchild, and and so I really don't remember much fan. I remember them forcing us to play in preseason, and that was about it.
2: Yeah. On a side note, how many times have you been mistaken for Pete Carroll
5: today? Probably uh, thousands, man. My my favorite all time Pete Carroll though was I worked a Super Bowl for CBS uh, when he played uh, in the when the Seahawks played in Arizona, and by the second night, I just finally gave up with at dinner. People are like, coach, coach. I'm like, no, I'm not coach. And they're like, they were winking at me. Oh, got it. Right, right. I finally just gave up and just took the free meal. (laughs) It was was one time when I would say, you know, looking like Pete Carroll paid off. I could have gotten Pete Carroll in trouble too, probably. But uh, I I played the better part of the the role.
1: Did you ever go to an extent where you took a picture or signed an autograph as Pete Carroll?
5: I've never, never signed an autograph as Pete Carroll. I have taken one picture with Pete Carroll side by side that's the only only time I had a photographer say hey I got to put you two together. And so I think I enjoyed it more than Pete Carroll did, <laughs> but you know, that's the only time I've had that. But it but it, constantly even my kids call me Pete Carroll, so. My favorite all-timer though was we played the San Francisco 49ers when Jim Harbaugh was coaching. And so we were leaving at the end of the game. I'm walking through the tunnel and I'm redressed for the airplane, so I'm out of my Chiefs gear and I'm walking to the buses and Jim Harbaugh is riding in a golf cart coming at me. And as he sees me, he starts waving frantically. And as he gets closer, he starts to realize why would Pete Carroll be here today. And he realizes it's not me. And then he just kind of stuck his head down. But he was pretty convinced for about ten seconds that Pete came to visit.
2: The other Pete Carroll, he is Dan Israel of the uh, Chiefs Radio Network. And if you, yeah, if you see them side by side, you wonder. Although Dan looks much younger. Yeah,
1: Pete. much younger than Pete much Carroll. Younger
2: than Pete. Much younger than Pete, <laughs> <laughs> than Pete Carroll. Uh, I th- there was a there was a guy in a. Gas station somewhere between here and Cincinnati on that infamous Cincinnati road trip we took. Right, that we were in there, and he was he was he was doing one of the like he had that side eye look. Like, yeah, is it? And he goes points, and I go, no, it's not Pete <laughs> Carroll. <Cass>. It's not <laughs> Pete Carroll. He goes, hey, I didn't think so. He's like, You got cheap stuff on. <laughs> yeah. and he goes, it looks. Like, it, it,
3: it was just like <laughs> I knew exactly what he was thinking because
2: he had that look about him. This is at a random gas yeah, station. Yeah. Do you
1: remember what state?
2: No, you were I don't in? remember what, and I. I I don't know. I don't know if it was on the other side of Missouri or if it was yeah. parts in between, but there was somebody that was definitely That's funny. he was
1: Pete Carroll. That's great. Was... I'd sign autographs. I've told you my friend Jerry Anselmo looks like Tom Bosley. He takes pictures yeah, as Tom Bosley. Tom like, yeah. Bosley's dead. Are you? Yes, I am. And just Yeah. He goes, look, if it makes somebody happy, who yeah, the hell yeah, cares, yeah, right? Yeah. I'm like, but Bosley's been dead for 100 years now. You're not going to sell this, right? Okay. Yeah. okay. Sign, right. Mr. Cunningham. You <laughs> what
2: are you doing? Uh, The Royals are seeking your input on this next.
4: You're listening to Fesco in the Morning, brought to you by Santa Fe Auto Sound, your home for car audio since 1967.
1: Hey, this is Brett Veach. Please stop playing Brett
4: Veach Town. On your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Well, you wonder why I always dress in black. Why you never see bright colors on my back. And why does my appearance seem to have a somber tone? Well, there's a reason for the things that I have on. I wear the black for the poor and the beaten down, living in the hopeless, hungry side of town. I wear it for the prisoner who has long paid for his crime, but is there because he's a victim of the time.
2: I just figured it was easier. I didn't know. Much I, I, easier, like yeah. Just if you just wore all black, is like you don't, have, you don't have to worry about it. It's just like, that's your that's, that's your, who I am. That's your uniform. Mm-hmm. Who knew? Um, you request the music on a way back Wednesday, 913-586-7610. Include your name.
1: That's Will Smith, Men in Black. Is that what that was? Not quite. And you get the credit. Our buddy uh, Mason, huge fan of the show, wanted a little Way Back Wednesday, Johnny Cash, Men in Black, right here on Fesco in the Morning. You know he was married to June Cash. They were named Bonnie and June, or was it Benny and June? That was the movie about Johnny Cash and his wife June, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Father of Keith. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Former chief. Yeah. No yeah. doubt.
2: Mm-hmm. And brother Carrie.
1: Carrie. Carrie Cash. That is yeah. correct. Yeah. Inventor of Cash Money Records. Mm-hmm. All of it. Also the inventor of Cash but Money. Yeah, yeah. Money. Money.
2: It is a Wednesday edition. Fesco in the morning. Along with Bob Fesco, I'm Josh Klingler. Brian Williams, B-Dub, our producer slash musical director. The Royals are seeking your input. That's right. They are not going to sign Correa.
1: <laughs> He's now a Met. Oh, yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Carlos Correa is not a giant. He's a Met. He's a Met. He woke that, up that's this serious
1: news. You're waking up to news this yeah. morning. Correa did well, an about-face. Was about going face. to be a giant,
2: and now is a Met. He right. switched his... Uh,
1: Recruiting. That's right. Yeah, he got a late offer. Got an NIL deal greater in New York, apparently. Got Or he failed the physical in San Francisco, either way. Yeah, something like that. Something like that. Something and Franco that. Harris passed away last yeah. night, three days before they were going to retire his number. Age of 72, Pro Football Hall of Famer.
2: Uh, so, speaking of Hall of Fame, the, the Royals uh, Hall of Fame uh, ballot is now out. And you can vote. and go to uh, to Royals.com and click on the link and vote. We know, we know how we love to online vote. So, go for it. Uh, but uh, six, six are eligible for induction this this year into the Royals Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. I think uh, three are no brainers.
1: Who are the and six? And I will make
2: I will make a one. Uh, I can make a case for. Okay, uh, the six are in uh, I'll, no no particular no order. order. Yeah. Is it order? Is I it order? I don't ordered? think it is. Now nah, I just name them.
4: Well, yeah, maybe it is, it is alphabetical in
2: order. order. It is order. Yeah, yeah, it is. It yeah. just went across as opposed to down.
1: There's one that I wouldn't vote for if he was the only
2: one on the <laughs> list. Uh, Carlos Beltran. Yep. Billy Butler. Mm-hmm. Johnny Damon. Right. Jason Vargas. Ah! Yordano Ventura. And Ed Yost. How is Vargas on that
1: list? Well, like, what's the qualification that we're looking at there's here, right? There's always
2: qualifications to... Uh, to to get in.
1: I think the, the the original qualification is retired. Royals alumni must have been active with the ball club for three seasons, accumulated a minimum of fifteen hundred plate appearances or three hundred innings pitched. So there it is. That that's how yeah. Jason Vargas gets eligible seasons, for this,
2: right? Fifteen hundred plate appearances or three hundred innings pitched. Right. So it's a, it's a small it's a yeah, smaller window. Yeah. So Gotta Vargas gets window.
1: in under the three-year yeah, he was hearing. There's Kansas always City. some
2: that, like, they played here. They played here just long enough to be eligible. Correct. You wouldn't consider that, but they played here
1: but long But they played here long, long enough. Yeah, Vargas it. had his right. moments, but it, I don't like him. He's just not a nice person. <laughs> He's just grouchy. Yeah, all. I mean, and when people say you meet his bias, yeah, when you treat somebody like crap, yeah. why would I go up to bat and do anything for Jason Vargas? And a
2: lot of times when you when you say Hall of Fame and give me a name, I can just go in. Like does it sound? Does it ring right? Does right. it sound right? Ned Yost
1: in in like 100 percent. There's no. He's the greatest manager in franchise history. Right? I mean, and, and and the reason I say that, and, and I'm sure somebody's going to wake up out of their slumber and say, well, what about Dick Howser? And I'll say, well, Dick Howser, you know, is easier to manage when Dick Howser was managing. It was more of a level playing field. Ned Yost won two AL pennants in a World Series in a era of baseball that is designed to not let the Royals win. And he still was able to captain that ship and, and have these guys go to two straight world championships and it's win not one. winner,
2: not on his not team. On our team. Yeah. yeah no.
1: So Ned. I'm, I'm, Ned I'm in N. on that. Yeah. Yep. Big old X in, in, right. That's right. Carlos Beltran. In one million percent. I've never seen somebody play a better center field in my life in person than Carlos Beltran. He made the amazing look normal. He made the normal look easy. He made the easy look like, like anybody could do it. Like, Carlos Beltran was as smooth as you could get, man. Watching him play center field, he would glide and he could hit. He was, he was a superstar. He's a 1,000% in. I'm, I'm Beltran in. Yep. Um, Johnny Damon. In. In. Absolutely one hundred percent and he was a great player in Royals history as well. I mean, when you had that outfield of Damon die and Beltron, that was the best outfield maybe this organization has ever seen. Johnny Damon Collectively yeah. like a group. You're like, Wow, that, that whole group played outfield together yes, together. Like yes, it was did. one of those things where they moved yeah. Damon to left field because they had Carlos mm-hmm. Beltron, you know, there. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, to me, Johnny Damon was a great baseball player. I'm putting him in the Royals Hall of Fame too. Okay. Uh Billy Butler. I don't think so.
2: I think he's close.
1: You do. Yeah. He you hit, put some numbers out there to me last night. I'm like, I didn't did really you realize know. he hit 295 for his career. That's as crazy. Yeah. And he's top 10 in
2: home runs. Yeah. I didn't realize in Royals, that. Yes. In Royals I, history. I guess
1: you probably have to vote for him. Then, I'm like, right?
2: yeah, man, Billy had some numbers, man. It, we remember silver slugger all-star that, that season. That was yep. his best season, obviously, mm-hmm. but he's top 10 in home runs in franchise history and hit darn near 300 here.
1: Yeah. That's crazy. That, that is that's why so I'm like, it's, it's hard Billy not Beller's to vote in. for him, right? Hard not was, to vote for, him. you
2: know, on the 14 team. Yeah, right. right. Not the 15,
1: not top the 15, team, but, but the 14 yeah. team that made it to game seven of the World Series. Right. Like I'm yeah, Billy Bellers in for me. Carlos Beltran also had a pet monkey, though. So I think that gets that you, you in into. Yeah. Yordano um, Ventura. I can't vote for you.
2: They, they, they put his number up on the Hall of Fame and will forever remember the number. Right. Like in, in, in heartstrings, I would say yes, but I think they can honor him in other ways. We don't know if he was a hall of famer,
1: to right? Me. Yeah. Not long enough. In my opinion, right? to determine whether or not you're a hall of famer, his career got cut short and we don't know. We don't we know. Don't know.
2: Yeah. But if you wanted to do it, I wouldn't have a, you know, mm-hmm. I don't have a problem. I would say he's not a hall of famer. I would
1: just say, I would, probably I would still don't put know. an exhibit up for your Dono Ventura. Yeah. And the number and everything else. I'm great with because you can have exhibits in the Hall of Fame that don't represent Hall, like Eric Hosmer's cleats or whatever in Cooperstown, right? You can have those kinds of things. I and, think he'll forever be remembered. Yeah, um, in other ways, he, he's going to besides
2: Hall of Royals Hall of Fame. I
1: well, know. I think he's going to be remembered at least for me. I'm going to always remember your Dino Ventura for for what I didn't get, you know, and where his career could have been. He could have truly been an ace for this staff, and I think. When you look back at his passing, Josh, I, I don't think enough people factor in how that really affected this organization. Not not just for that moment, but for that following season and even moving forward. I mean, they had a change course of what they were going to do. They had him penciled in as a starter and thought he was going to be part of this rotation and be that really that first starting pitcher that Dayton Moore developed, and we never got there. And uh, Vargie, uh, no. Vargie's 100%. You can give me his number. I don't care. I'm not voting for that